just reading an, an account that Dave Agar, our former morning news anchor, sent to me of a guy in Woodstock, Ontario, who got a hole in one, and then he got another hole in one on the same round of golf. And he says, nobody was more shocked than the guys I golf with because they know how much I suck at this game. And it's true. I have a friend who always says, when you have a good shot, try not to look surprised. But uh, the odds of this, apparently, according to the National Hole-in-One Registry, yes, there is such a thing. This is all quite useful for you, Nick, isn't it? And useful for useless information. One in 67 million odds. Because like I've been golfing for, I don't know, eight or ten years, and I've never had a hole-in-one. I barely get a birdie. If I get a bogey, I'm happy. So the odds of having two holes-in-one, it's only ever happened three times in the PGA. 6.22 is the time. Let's bring in Scott Reed for the morning brief. Nice to have you, sir. Good morning. There is a greater chance of me operating the Canada arm on the space shuttle than getting one <laughs> hole in one, much less two. Well, I'm still trying to break 100, so I don't sweat the holes in one. So, a uh, weekend of pro-Palestinian protests, and I guess, you know, it depends on who you were following on social media, how you might have perceived these protests. Well, I perceive them as aggressive and inexcusable. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm you know... It, if you're going to protest, that's fine. Uh, then it has to be peaceful. It can't include taunting, can't uh, include property damage, and you shouldn't be um, barging away uh, basically into uh, private businesses and harassing them for your perceived support of one side or the other. It's just not not on. And I think it's going to put the Toronto Police Service in a really awkward spot because they don't want to be in the middle of this. Um, and I think that you know if this is going to set the standard, then they have an obligation corresponding. Uh, to ensure that those protests are structured and contained. Um, so I, I think where that happened, it should be condemned absolutely. And unfortunately for the Toronto Police Service, you're in this thing now. Meanwhile, QP Ontario President Fred Hahn apologizing for his tweet about uh, Palestine and Israel, which occurred on the day that the Palestinians committed that slaughter uh, in Israel. I, I don't know why he didn't just quit. Apologies, my ass. He didn't apologize. Let's break this thing down. Let's break this thing down. First of all, right, it takes two weeks to the day. It takes him 14 days to issue this statement. That smacks. I do crisis communications for a living. So that tells me that he didn't want to do this. He'd been pushed into it, obviously been reluctantly negotiated over time. And if that's wrong, tell us. But that's sure what it looks like. Why would you issue it two weeks later? Second of all, it's no apology. Right off the top, right off the top, he tells us that his sin was what he said but when he said it it wasn't the content of the statement it was the clock that he placed on it well that's no apology and then finally he repeats the offending uh sentiment by absolutely absolutely making it clear that in his view there is 100 moral equivalency between israel defending itself and hamas a terrorist group attacking people without provocation so i got no time for this i don't know why this guy issued this statement i don't know why he's in charge of anything and all i would say is to qp keep this clown away from the grown-ups table because he doesn't belong there yeah if i was a member of that union i have to say i'd uh, i'd be grieving this i don't know why people in positions like that think that anybody needs to know what their opinion is. 
he shouldn't have made the original statement. Uh, he should not, not, not have made this follow-up statement. It only adds salt to the wound. It's just uh, egregious and it's self-indulgent. Uh, I don't give a damn what you think. Uh, I don't give a damn what you think on this issue. And now it causes me to question your uh, capacity to lead. Okay, you served in a prime minister's office. What do you make of the announcement this weekend that Canadian defense forces had come to the conclusion that that hospital in Gaza was actually actually struck by errant fire from Hamas. A lot of people were uh, very, very critical this weekend, insisting that Canada was late to the party. But then I did a little research and found out Canada is only the, the third Western power to have reached this conclusion. And so maybe we need to give it a rest. I reserve my criticism of the prime minister and how he responded to the issue. Um, I don't think as a G7 leader, and I'm going to be unequivocal here, and I'm going to be uh, pretty unqualified in my criticism. I really think uh, the prime minister made a grave error um, when he when he rushed out and and at minimum in the way that he responded to the original question left open the possibility that his his assumption was that it was Israel that uh, bombed the hospital. And if you look at the context of the original scrum, uh, that's the context in which the questions were placed. Did Israel do this? And he seemed to agree that they had. Um, and so from my perspective, when you don't know, you don't say, especially on something this explosive and this sensitive. And, you know, then it lingered for a few days and he repeated, uh, you know, the like that it was um, uh, one or the other, even after they had American intelligence saying, no, that's not the case, both, pri both privately and publicly. I, I, it leaves open the likelihood that this is motivated um, by internal caucus divisions, by the broader debate that's happening, and you know those kinds of uh, considerations. And my view is this, clarity is critical to political communication. And when you try it on the one hand, on the other hand, uh, an issue as significant as this, you're only going to displease everyone. Um, if you want to influence Israel, your better path is to be emphatic in Israel's support, to, uh, in your support for Israel's right to defend itself. And then like Joe Biden, that gives you the leverage, that gives you the influence, that gives you the authority behind the scenes to argue for a more measured response from Israel. I just think this has been a terrible political failure of communication, and I lay it right at the feet of the Prime Minister and the Prime Minister's office. Premier Doug Ford sending a letter to the Bank of Canada urging that they not raise the central bank rate. There's an aspect to this. It's a bit like trying to stop the tides. I mean, it's not his purview and the letter is going to be ignored. It's, you know, it's it's politics. He's playing populist politics. He's got his own problems, obviously. So anything he can do to make news, it distracts. He also knows that people are anxious about interest rates. I mean, you take a look at public opinion polling for the uh, for the prime minister and for the government. Um, it, it almost maps against interest rates as they started going up. Support for the government went down as a huge political bite. Governments always bristle um, with interest rates going up. And I don't think. The timing of this is an accident. Ford knows that the central bank is going to meet this week and make a determination. They're probably going to hold, and then he's going to claim uh, he's going to claim victory. But it's kind of BS politics. But I guess it's not ineffective BS politics. By the way, it'd be nice if somebody still uh, respected the the very important principle that the Bank of Canada ought to operate free from the greasy tail of politics. But that seems to be a treasure of a foregone era. Well, but there's a lot of um, political ground to be gained by pretending that you can or should have some degree of influence. I mean, Polyev keeps saying, you know, I will tell the Bank of Canada what to do. Well, you can't. 
Well, no, but you can. Uh, you can if you uh, dislike what the Bank of Canada is doing, and then you replace the governor and with someone who will do what you say. Um, the finance minister and the uh, governor uh, meet regularly. Um, if they're open to being persuaded uh, privately, then you can get exactly your way, but you ought not to. Um, you know, the reason is that the Bank of Canada sometimes has to make brutal decisions with this rough instrument that is interest rates in order to slow down our economy. It's never popular, right? Diefenbaker hated it. Rooney hated it. Pierre Trudeau hated it. You know what? Paul Martin and Jean Chrétien, when we first came in, we hated it. So, you know, it's never popular, but you want to keep that independent of politics because politics is based on what's a, what what will best get me reelected, whereas being the central bank governor is what will be best, even if it's tough in the short term, to correct our economy. Thank you, sir. Good to have you on a Monday morning. Thank you. That's Scott Reed, former advisor to Prime Minister Paul Martin, will stay political in the next half hour. Thomas Mulcair is here, as he always is on a Monday, Mulcair Monday. Amongst other things, what does he make of uh, Pierre Polyev's viral internet moment, which shows no signs of abating? 